Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. By now, most of you know Father David Begany, a Josephite priest who serves as one of our pastoral associates, and he is joining us on the set today. Father David. Good to be with you again, Father. Good to be with you again. Okay. Uh, We are getting ready for our national prayer service. We want to talk about that a little bit. You've been there. Multiple uh, 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 services. uh, But first, why don't we pray? Pray for our great pro-life cause and movement, if we may uh, have you lead us. Sure, sure. Let's, Let's place ourselves in the Lord's presence and please join us at home. So, Heavenly Father, we gather for this uh, this great movement, this great moment, uh, cooperating with you and bringing about your will in our in our world, which is the restoration of the dignity of the unborn child, uh, which will promote the dignity of every man, woman, and child created in your image. And so, we ask you to infuse us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to quicken them, strengthen them in us, so that we may remain dedicated to the cause of uh, rescuing and protecting the unborn, rescuing their mothers and fathers from uh, uh, the unfortunate effects of of their decisions, and strengthen in us all of your gifts. We may serve you well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, you know, from the beginning of Priests for Life, I've had the vision that when we activate people inside the church, they go out onto the streets. And what I mean is in organized, lawful ways to give witness to the belief that they have just professed inside the church, to the word of God that they've just heard inside the church, it's got to go out and, 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 and change society, especially when it comes to something like abortion. Right. Because the word of God is so clear, the dignity of each human life, and the word of the secular culture of death is so clear on the opposite end. So the church needs to go out. And, you know, these the idea of a public, sometimes the word is used, especially over in Europe, a manifestation. And it's a good word. It's a, it's a, it's a manifestation. It's a revelation. It's a showing forth of the faith that's in our hearts. So marches marches for life, uh, uh, rallies of different kinds. Other movements use these uh, techniques. And it's perfectly consistent with our Christian faith, isn't it? I mean, the civil and civil rights, the uh, movement used it. They would go from the churches to the marches, right? right? One to the other. So we're getting ready now to, uh, we organize, as you know, a number of events uh, connected with the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. We're going to talk about some of those mm-hmm. events we're going to have mm-hmm. in Washington and also in San Francisco. But but give us your thoughts about that. That I mean, that whole vision, I mean, it's solid Christian theology, isn't it, that we go from the church to the streets. Right. So, the, you know, the, the last command the Lord gave before he ascended into heaven, right? Go forth and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he wanted to, his apostles and disciples to take what they had learned from him for three years and to go out and to spread it throughout the world. And, you know, what we're trying to do is really one aspect of the gospel, and that is teaching and preaching uh, on the dignity of the unborn child. And so that, you could say, in a sense, is part of the gospel. Um, and so, you know, we, we go out, as you said, 
uh, after gathering together in prayer, in, in solidarity, in uh, communion, whether uh, it, it's just in, in uh, attending meetings or some type of rally or just or worship, and then we have to go out and take the message to the ends of the earth. And, mm -hmm. and, and um, so I would, I would agree with you, you know, that we, obviously we need to do that. And, and you know, unfortunately, it's, it's, there's a pattern throughout human history, right? There are certain cultural movements that arise that really uh, want to replace God, but in the end, they're really uh, being, um, uh, they end up being very tyrannical. And so when that happens, then the people of God have to go out or, or men and women of goodwill have to go out. So we think of Nazism, communism, any of those movements that sought to replace God and put the state as God, then men and women had to arise to defeat them. And that's kind of how it is today with, you know, uh, you know, those who want to, f you know, continue to tell our culture that it's necessary for f women's freedom, men's freedom to be able to have this right to kill their children. We have to go out and say, well, no, that is a false philosophy and yeah, even a false yeah. theology. And we have to give them you know, uh, the correct theology, the correct philosophy, and, and really help them to open their eyes and regain their humanity. Yes. Those that are just joining us, we're with Father David Begany, one of our pastoral associates at Priest for Life, and we're talking about the need to be present out on the streets, out at public rallies and events as a pro-life movement, as a pro-life church. So we're getting ready to do our national prayer service. Now, every year it's a great joy for us on the morning of the March for Life. So this year, Friday, January 19th, mm -hmm. to hold this service. We hold it in a very beautiful historic venue called Constitution Hall right there right. in the heart of Washington, D.C. And it's an interdenominational prayer service. We start with Mass, mm -hmm. but then we go into an interdenominational service. We right. give out some pro-life awards. Yes. We have some very special recipients this year that we can mention. But I wanted to focus with you on two aspects of it. One is what we were just saying, because right from that mm -hmm. gathering, right we go out. Right. We go out onto the streets of Washington and we march. Right. But also in that gathering, it's interdenominational. Right. We've got clergy there from, I mean, there have been some of these prayer services, I've been helping to lead them for over 25 years, and we have had um, clergy from denominations of every letter of the alphabet. It's been unbelievable, the variety. And there's good reason for that, isn't there? I mean, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I always say, and I've said at this service repeatedly, if Jesus Christ is Lord, that means we're not. And that means we can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't kill babies because right. we're not the Lord right. of human life. Right, right. Uh, exactly, yeah. And it, it's, it's encouraging. You know, it's, it's encouraging to us, I'm sure everyone in the pro-life movement, especially to we uh, Catholic clergy who are sort of, you know, uh, really got, in many ways, got things started to have our brothers and sisters of other Christian uh, denominations, you know, join us and to, and you know, it's good to have that that solidarity to know, okay, we're not doing this alone. You know, we're not um, somehow misguided. We have our brothers and sisters in Christ who are joining us. Of like, as you said, whatever you know, many different Christian denominations, and at the same time, you know, we we reinforce them so they can go out to their own yes, communities. Yes. And some of them, you know, some of them, depending upon. Uh, their governing bodies, some of their governing bodies can be, you know, pro-choice. And so they need that encouragement from us and strength to go out to, to those within their own communion uh, that, w that will listen to them, mm -hmm. that are open-minded, that will embrace their message. And so, 
it's mutually reinforcing. We mm. have reinforced them, they have reinforced us in our, our common belief in uh, the dignity, uh, inherent dignity of every uh, person that God has created. You know, I don't know if you remember, uh, John Paul II issued the Gospel of Life Encyclical in 1995, in March. The Encyclical, the Gospel of Life. Now, that was March of 95. He had issued it on the Feast of the Annunciation, mm -hmm. when Jesus becomes an unborn child. Oh, it was only three months later that he issued another encyclical. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I, I don't remember, I don't know offhand, of any instances where, I mean, an encyclical is a major document yes, in the Catholic yes, Church. Right. And so you usually don't have them just three months apart. Right. And, and I don't know uh, what other examples of encyclicals issued mm. so close to one another, but the second one was about Christian unity. Oh. Christian unity. So it's like we've always talked about how the pro-life movement brings together Christians from across the body of Christ because the sanctity of life, the lordship of Jesus alone over human life, uh, God's love for humanity is something that Christians of all, all denominations embrace. And except those, of course, like you said, some have gone off the track and right, the denominations right, themselves right. become pro-abortion. But that's just a departure from historic Christian teaching. Exactly. When you look at historic Christian teaching, you see a lot of differences between the denominations. Right. But this is something that they can all embrace. And so John Paul II, I think there was a deliberate uh, uh, effort there to mm -hmm. link these two things. Okay. The greatest human rights cause mm -hmm. of our day, defending life itself, yeah. and then to emphasize, you know what, Christians need to do this together. No, I agree. You know, the late Holy Father was was a great visionary, right? So I I, I, I would agree with your uh, interpretation. He may very well uh, have wanted to link the two things, and especially we know, you know, the Gospel of Life is 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 um, it's quite a bit of scripture in there. We know our our uh, non-Catholic brothers and sisters really uh, admire and love scripture, so. Uh, perhaps that would draw them in, and then, as you said in the subsequent document on Christian unity, uh, you know, help them to realize that that could really uh, be a point of unity between all of the various denominations. You know, the the gospel of life and the necessity of of promoting that and yeah. and go you know going out and and uh, because you know the Holy Father saw this as as the greatest attack. Really, to uh, you could say, really the greatest attack on civilization, right? Right. And, and on civilization itself. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, it, it really, in his in his view, it was uh, essential that this be addressed as soon as possible, and and uh, by by working in unity with our our, our uh, non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters, right. On, on this issue, it could certainly lead to greater unity among us and certainly uh, greater mutual understanding of one another. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, people rubbing shoulders in prison, you know, not mm -hmm. in prison for doing violence, but right. in prison for peacefully standing up for the right. war. Christians have come to know one another, pray with one another, right, right. and they may have never had the opportunity to pray with other Christians before. Right. Now they find themselves in a, in a, in a jail cell, or right. it may not just be in a jail cell, maybe just at a peaceful protest, or maybe at the March for Life. Right. You know, people are coming, coming and then say, wow, look at these other Christians that we were, if we're, we're saying the same words, we're invoking the same scriptures, right. we're praying to the same Lord. The other thing that's interesting besides the, the connection between those two encyclicals is the connection of the dates. We, we march mm. around January mm. 22nd because okay. even, though, even though Roe v. Wade has been reversed, right. like our executive director Janet Marana always says, 
you know, it's like December 7th, Pearl Harbor. It's like 9-11, you know. Mm. You always remember the day of infamy. Right. You know, right. You, you always remember the day of sorrow because there were victims that you want to continue to commemorate. And so we do something actually on January 22nd right. each year, even when the March for Life is on a different day. Right at the Supreme Court, we have a memorial for the unborn children, and right. we want to invite people to join us there as well. Uh, all of this, by the way, is at, at preachforlife.org slash marchforlife. Okay. Preachforlife.org slash marchforlife. But um, the other date that's significant, also right around January 22nd, is four days earlier, January 18th, because that's the day that every year the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity okay. takes place. It right. starts on the 18th, uh, goes to the 25th, okay. which is the conversion of St. Paul. Hmm. And this has been a tradition. Um, many churches observe uh, this special week of prayer. So it happens that our prayer service, interdenominational as it is, and this great gathering of pro-life marchers, interdenominational as that is, take place within this week of prayer for Christian unity. Wow. Well, that, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. And I think that's a great opportunity to, to, to really spend some time together in prayer. and. And maybe in addition, as we work to you know protect the unborn, maybe we could think a little bit more about you know how we can be more unified. Certainly, the the pro life movement does unify us as members of the body of Christ, whether we're Catholic, Orthodox, or Christian. Or, um, but you know maybe we can we can look at this as a time really uh, to to you're trying to consciously grow, grow, draw closer together as yes. separated uh, communions in the body of Christ. Right, consciously, yeah, that's yes. right. Not, not to let it be just by accident. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but uh, doing that is uh, so important. So you have um, been at these prayer services. Uh, t t tell our audience what it's, what it's oh, like. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's held in Constitution Hall, which, as Father said, is a very historic uh, building. In fact, you, you can be rented out, uh, or uh, if you call ahead of time, uh, it's 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 a nice size uh, auditorium. You know, it might probably fits several thousand, and so um, there's a, there's a stage, and on the stage are the representatives of different uh, Christian bodies, uh, uh, Catholic, non-Catholic, Orthodox, and usually a leader of either. Uh, uh, pro-life uh, movement within that particular church or maybe just someone representing that church. And we have a uh, prayer program involving uh, scripture reading, uh, you know, uh, uh, preaching, and then various prayer petitions. But everyone who is there, all of the heads of the different denomination uh, groups, you know, take part in it by mm -hmm. uh, introducing a prayer, saying a prayer, saying, uh, doing a, a prayer of petition. And so everyone has the opportunity to participate. And it's it's a good show, I think, for all of those who are coming, who are of various Christian denominations, to see that look at our leaders can get along. We don't have to separate ourselves uh, and identify ourselves as Protestants and Catholics and Orthodox and and uh, whatever else. You know, we can see ourselves as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, there are some differences in our theology, but. You know, in our essentials, we're united, right, in believing the, the Lordship of Jesus, uh, the Father and the Holy Spirit, and, of course, uh, you know, uh, being unified by pr uh, working to promote the dignity of every creature, uh, uh, every human being that God has created because they are created in His image and likeness. We have some honorees this year that are very special. And those of you that are just joining us, we're with Father David Begany. He's one of our priest associates. You know, priests can 
come work with us at Priest for Life, either part-time or full-time. And uh, Father Began is one of those. Well, we've known him for a long time. Recently uh, came on board as a, on a, in a part-time manner. Um, the uh, honorees this year are very special. One of them is a bishop. Mm-hmm. And I think our audience already knows, but Bishop Joseph Strickland. Right. That's right. exciting, right? Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I remember when... Uh, some time ago on another show, I think we, we welcomed him and told him he was going to be an awardee. Yeah, that's right. You that, were on with yeah, me. We yeah, talked with yeah, the bishop. Yeah, yes. that was a few, maybe a few months ago. That's and, right. And then uh, recently I saw him. I was, uh, there was a, um, a Catholic Faithful Conference in a Diocese of Tyler, Texas in September. So I went up there representing Priest for us, Life. Yes, and I yes. got to meet uh, Bishop Strickland a that's few right. times. And He's very humble, isn't he? Yeah, very, yeah, very humble man. Soft-spoken, humble man. And very welcming, you know, not someone you have to really be afraid of being in his presence. No, you know, he is no, his welcoming no. person. Yeah. Some, some, some of these churches, dignitaries, if you, if you feel like that, you're like you, you just went up Mount Sinai, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you're afraid. <laughs> right. They don't right. even look at you. you know? Yeah. No, but yeah. he's a very, very, uh, yeah. uh, very simple, humble. Yeah. So and uh, very prayerful. Very yes. prayerful. Mm-hmm. And, yes. You know, he says it's, he's got a lot of publicity lately. You know, yes. they took right. him out of the diocese of Tyler. Right. 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 All that stuff. Right. But he says, no, no, this is not about me. Right. It's about Jesus. Keep focused on Jesus. So we're going to honor him because he has mm-hmm. been an inspiration to pro-life people around the country right. and around the world, you know, right. not just in his diocese. And uh, we're so happy he's going to be there in person. He's going to pause at the end of the service. He's going to stay long enough mm-hmm. to greet people, have a photo mm-hmm. taken, okay. chat Great. with people. Sure. And with him, there's a certain religious sister who's going to be with us, you know, Sister Didi. Oh, okay. Who has also become very well known. She had said the prayer that time at the Republican convention. Oh, I see. She's the one, she said, we're pro-life, but we're pro-eternal life. And that really got a great response. Yeah, yeah. We have to be reminded of that, you know. While we're working with the affairs of the world, we have to remember the 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 Lord of the world as well, and and our ultimate destiny is to the ultimate be destiny. with the Lord in, in eternal life. Exactly. Mark Halk is going to be honored now. Mark, you know, is yes. um, he is a pro life activist. So just like we were just saying, you know, yes. go from the church out into the streets. Yeah. Go from the church. Go to the abortion facility. Right. Peacefully intervene. Give witness to the very same right. word of God right. that you just said Amen to in the church. And Mark did that, and he got attacked by this pro-abortion guy, and then they blamed him. Right, and and right. so it was, um, it was an example of the weaponization of government because then the, the federal government brought the face uh, law against right, him, which right. is it does not apply in this situation right, at all. Right. But he was acquitted by a jury. Face law, for those that don't know. Freedom of access to clinic entrances, you can't blockade, Mm -hmm. even if you do it peacefully, entrance to an abortion facility or otherwise intimidate people going in. Okay. Clinton signed it back in 1994. Right. Didn't apply to what he did. He was just peacefully praying. And, uh, yeah, this guy, he got into an altercation with this uh, pro-abortion guy. But he he provoked it. The the, the guy provoked it against him and his son. Who right. was there? Yeah. So he did what any father would do: right. get away from us, you know. Right. But a jury acquitted him of any wrongdoing, and now he's running for Congress oh, okay. in Pennsylvania. And uh, many, many people have come to know about his story because it just resonates with them. Like, hey, wait a minute, pro-life people and religious believers in general are being treated unfairly at the present time right. by a lot of government uh, agencies in America, and this is wrong. It's not American. To, to have this kind of, of persecution going on. 
Yeah, it's, it's fact it's anti-American, and it, you know it's hard for the average person, including myself, to believe that this actually happens. But when you read some of the details, especially in Mark's case, and you realize, okay, he was the one who was attacked. He was defending himself in a you know a proportionate way. He wasn't going right. overboard, and yet then uh, he was the one who was charged with this uh, you know uh, violating the face stack. In fact, I think the uh, FBI showed up at his house with armed FBI agents, and this was. For someone who had engaged in a peaceful protest. Can you imagine? Surrounded yeah. by, a, with their guns pointed yeah, at yeah. him and his family. Yeah, yeah. Early in the morning. It was, uh, yeah, you hear him tell the story. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it is a shame, and, you know, we think it can't happen in America. And, um, you know, it, it's really, uh, you know, we were talking before about going out into the streets after, you know, uh, in a peaceful way. Uh, you know, I, I think those Law enforcement members, they have to have the courage to speak up and say to the supervisors, you know, this is not right. You know, I, 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 why am I going to uh, the home of a, a, a person, essentially an innocent person, with my guns drawn for, you know, for who may or may not have, you know, committed, uh, you know, violated the FACE Act? I mean, I'd love to hear the conversations yeah, and that it, took so, place, right, yeah. to lead, leading up to yeah. that. Yeah. And so it really, you know, you know, to, I hate to say it this way, but to really regain integrity in our in our government and yeah, some of the agencies, yeah, those yeah. who work within there have to speak up. Speak up, you know, speak up. and and it, you know, and, it's even within the church, right? We, you know, the church in two thousand was really drugged through the mud, and and you know, for mishandling of accusations of sexual abuse by priests and other church members, and 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 yes, maybe you know. Prior to that time, we should have been more aggressive in dealing with it. Well, you know, I think now it's time for, for those who work in the government to do this. And, mm -hmm. it's, and whether they see it as their Christian responsibility, whether they see it as their human responsibility to make sure the law is enforced with integrity, but not to be abused uh, just to satisfy someone's, you know, uh, pref political preference or whatever. Now, some pro-life people have been thrown in jail, again, not for violence, mm -hmm. and we're going to honor them too at the prayer service, and Sister Didi wants to be there. to. Okay. She wants to be the one to speak uh, for them. Terrific. Peaceful people. I know uh, a yes. number of them, yeah. and they're just the most peaceful, kind people in the world, but they get thrown in prison because mm -hmm. they're speaking up for the unborn. It's like I always say, if you, if you yeah. defend the unborn, you're going to be treated like them. Yeah, that's, you're going to be cast aside. Yes, you're, you're right. Uh, you're right, Father. Yeah. The other thing is uh, Mark Mark Lee Dixon is going to be honored, too. He okay. did Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. Oh, okay. Very active oh, in yes. Texas, where yeah, you are. Sure, sure. Certain cities that say no abortion in our city. Mm -hmm. you know, right. No matter what the other laws right. are, no right. abortion in our city. Yeah. But the point I want to make, too, is that Priests for Life has launched a Freedom of Information Act request. The Freedom of Information Act is a law that allows citizens to get certain information from the government because, after all, the government works for us, not the other way around. Exactly. Right? exactly. So we yes. ought to be able to demand, right. and we do have a right, right. to demand, right. more information. So like we were just saying, if the FBI did that raid on Mark Houck's mm -hmm. house, there was planning involved in yes, that. Yes, right. What were the discussions? What were the letters? What were the memos mm -hmm. going back and forth? What was in their mind exactly. in terms yeah. of targeting Catholics, pro-life people, peaceful people? So we've done a freedom of information request to say, we want to know what's going on right now inside the FBI, inside the Department of Justice, where you guys are mm -hmm. targeting yeah. uh, uh, Catholics and, and pro-life people. Right. Let, you gotta let us know. Give right. it, show us the memos, show us the, yeah. and we want to know, you know, also in terms of 
what they're saying about Priests for Life. You know, I mean, we're all on the sure, radar. Everyone sure. watching now is on their, sure. you know, in their in their potential target area mm. of, of being persecuted because uh, it's a mindset. It's a very destructive mindset. So we're going to go after that information. Well, that's great. I mean, and that's part of our rights as Americans, yeah. right, as you yeah. said, to uh, access government information. And this is how we keep our government in check, it, right? Yes, So we yes. have, you know, the three branches of government to keep each other in balance. But I think it's safe to say the citizens are also a check on the government, especially in terms of who they, who they elect for office. But yep. also in these areas where we have the right to obtain information and then use legal means to redress our grievances if, exactly. if, if necessary. Exactly. And, and um, you know, this is just part, I think, of a stable, dynamic, living, uh, you know, democracy with integrity. All of these things happen. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Father David, for a good discussion. Good to be with you, Father. Thanks for being part God of Priest for Life. All right, sure. January 19th, friends, please mark it on your calendars and go to priestforlife.org slash March for Life. You'll see the details of our schedule. We're going to start with, a, 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 on the 18th, a, a, a prayerful protest at Planned Parenthood, but then on the 19th in the morning, this great big prayer service. Nationalprayerservice.com is the separate website for the prayer service itself. Nationalprayerservice.com. Check it out. Come and meet Bishop Strickland and these other honorees. Later that day, we have the Silent No More gathering outside the Supreme Court. Come and listen to the testimonies of those who've had abortions and who witness to both the pain and also the healing we find in Jesus Christ. Come with us, join us. Let's have a strong showing. Mark your calendars, January the 19th, Washington, D.C. And if you can't be there because you're too far away, friends, or you have scheduled conflicts, follow us online. You know where to find us. You're there right now, and uh, we'll be sharing a lot with you about what goes on. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here. Thanks for watching. Spread the word, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.